0: Welcome to Ghouls Night Out with your hostesses Brandy and Jody. Hello beautiful ghouls, welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister Jody. Hello. So I have a stupid joke. Okay. What kind of ghost has the best hearing? I don't know. The is. Oh my god. <laughs> I was thinking poltergeist, boo. <laughs> no, this is a stupid joke. Oh. <laughs> and that is stupid. Yes, that is. I laughed way too hard at that one. <laughs> Okay, and then I have some parenting fails okay. this week. So the first one, I thought it was crazy hair day, but it was actually dress for success day. <laughs> So I sent my five-year-old to school in a clown wig, and everyone else was in a suit and tie. (laughs) Next one. In a fit of frustration, my young daughter yelled, fucking computer? She didn't know what she was saying, but I knew exactly how she had learned that colorful phrase. I think she was three years old at the time. I'm just glad it didn't come out at daycare.
1: Oh,
0: my god, That's funny. Uh, next one, I sent my kid in with a bagel for a snack, but accidentally used cumin instead of cinnamon. Oh,
1: poor no. kid. <laughs> gross.
0: Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> next one, I totally forgot that it was picture day, so my son wore his Spider-Man costume for the photos. <laughs> next one, my son was under a year old when he first discovered his penis. Well, before real talking, and before I realized he was committing my silly object rhymes to memory, I amused myself by making up a song about said penis to the tune of I'm a Little Teapot. (laughs) Months later, he's singing it in front of his paternal grandparents (laughs) and encouraging me to sing along. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's great! Oh my god, I really want to know how that went. <laughs> you think so? I'm a little penis short and stout?
1: <laughs> That's just me. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's gonna get a complex. Wait until he's old enough to understand the words. Yeah. Like, what That's rude. He'll be like, sing it in. Be like, wait a minute, short and stout. <laughs>
0: Mom! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Next one. That time that both of us assumed the other parent was picking up the kids and only discovered the mix up when we got called by the school. That's never fun. No. Next one, when my daughter was a baby, I kept a pair of scissors at the changing table. Whenever she had a huge poop blowout, I would use the scissors to cut off her onesie rather than risk getting poop on her face by pulling it up over her head. She was probably six months old by the time someone told me that onesies have those cute little shoulder pockets so that you can pull them down instead of up. I went through a lot of onesies.
1: (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah, they got the... I know they have them, but I didn't know that's what they were for. Oh.
0: Well, yeah, so you can take it off like, you know... And not get poop on their face. <laughs> That's, a lot of people don't know that, like, those baby on board bumper stickers mm-hmm. are saying, like, don't be an asshole. I have my baby on board.
1: Yeah.
0: A lot of people are like, they're just. It's just a statement? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Baby on board. We have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't hit us,
1: assholes. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay, next one, accidentally dressing my kids in each other's clothes and sending them into school. They're three years apart. Oh. Holy crap. I how does not that? I not notice that. Oh, my gosh. She must have been tired. Next one, I took my four-year-old to the pediatrician, and when she had to pull down her pants, I realized she wasn't wearing underwear, and I asked her why. Her response, well, sometimes you don't, Mom. <laughs> I feel like, how oh, the fuck? What? How do you know that? Jeez. Okay, next one. When my kid was just starting to talk and sing, he asked me to play the Doody Doo song. He was jiggling around and trying to sing Doody Doo, Doody Doo, and it was really sweet. I had no idea what song he was talking about and told him so. He immediately started bawling and was so upset that I didn't know the song. In fact, he didn't sing again to us for months after that. Aw. that? I know. This is a fragile little one. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. When I forgot to, spend, to send in spare clothes and diapers for my toddler, so he came home in some other kids' diapers and clothes. This, was, this actually happened more than once. That happens all, it the, happens time. all the time. Next one, one time I hadn't made breakfast by the time my kindergartner started her Zoom class, so 15 minutes into the meeting, I slipped her a bagel with cream cheese on a paper towel. When she asked me why it was on a paper towel instead of a plate, I very matter of factly said, because all the plates are dirty and I'm not washing dishes right now. Turns out she wasn't on mute. I had brazenly announced my laziness to her <laughs> teacher and all the parents standing by. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that that's not a big deal that I wouldn't care. No, I don't care at all. Yeah, the, all the plates are dirty. That's why. <laughs> Next one. I wouldn't necessarily call this a mistake, but we named our son a slightly unusual name from my mother's side. I still love the name, but we have to correct pretty much everyone who first meets my son or sees his name written on paper. That's got to be frustrating. Mm-hmm. You have to think through. Yeah, you do. Like any direction. Mm -hmm. Next one. When my daughter was around two years old, I heard her quietly muttering the F word to herself while trying to put on her socks. I had to try and convince her that the word is actually pronounced
1: fork. What? (laughs) Did that make any sense to you? Yeah. She's saying her daughter saying fuck. And she don't want her to say that, so she's trying
0: oh, to... Oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I just was confused about the socks and the forks and the... I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> okay. Next one. So my son saw me changing my pad when he was about three or four years old. In the interest of making the explanation easier, I told him it was a Band-Aid for my butt and that there are different types of Band-Aids for different things. Oh, no. I thought that worked nicely until I was in the grocery store with him a few weeks later, and he screamed at the top of his lungs in the feminine hygiene aisle Look, Mom, I found your butt band aids. <laughs> we should get more because you were bleeding a lot in the last one. <laughs> I would die. Oh my well, god. listen. Oh. He then started heaping boxes, boxes of pads into the grocery cart with all the pride of a kid who felt he was taking good care of his mama.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, that is adorable. It is. Oh my god, I love kids. <laughs> okay. The other day, my three-year-old was quiet for too long, and I realized it was because she was using our white bath mat as a canvas for her drawing. Mm-hmm. little turd. Next one, I volunteered to chaperone a field trip for my nine-year-old on a work day. I'm a writer, and I thought I could just wait in the parking lot and work from my car. It turned out we were supposed to hike a nature trail along with them, and so I was the one mom out of the six nice ladies chatting to be stopping along the route to rest at a picnic table or sit on a rock and pull out my laptop. Like, I was in charge of a, of the nuclear codes or something when, really, I just, I don't know, making a list of spring hairstyles? <laughs> what? 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 Okay, I didn't read these before... <laughs> That one I hate that lady. Yeah. Who? You can't thinks, stop. Who thinks you're going to sit in a parking lot when you yeah, chaperone a field trip? What is the definition of chaperone? Seriously, I don't like you, Sonia from <laughs> New York. <laughs> you need to like I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't like her. Okay. <laughs> Next one, having to a, a kid find a vibrator in my bedside table. Definitely an oops. That happened. Mm-hmm. Next one, my kids and I were playing with modeling clay, but they ended up moving on to other things in a different room. My husband was being a jerk at the time, so in my infinite maturity, I hung back and used the clay to make a gift for him, a very realistic-looking version of a certain part of the male anatomy. He appreciated the humorous reprisal so much that he kept it in his dresser for a little while, long enough for one of the kids to discover it and start asking some pretty awkward questions about Mama's art project. (laughs) (laughs) Next one. That time I left a bottle of of dish detergent in the bathroom sink, having just used it to clean or soak something in the bathtub. I found my 20-month-old shampooing her... Hair with copious amounts of it shortly after. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Dish detergent? The concentrated freaking? Mm. Oh, my gosh. That took forever to rinse out. For sure. Okay, and this is my last one. Uh, One of my greatest humiliations as a parent was one morning when one of the twins was having a two-year-old screaming fit over not getting the color cup he wanted. I had read somewhere... That you should try to shock your toddler out of a tantrum by a quick change in temperature. Since it was the dead of winter, I quickly scooped him up and set him outside the front door in his footless PJs just as my elderly neighbor came out to fetch her morning newspaper. <laughs> I still shudder to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, just set your kid out in the snow and shut the door. <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> okay this week um these are people that describe their creepiest experience that they had just while they're hanging out with their friends or whatever okay i should start off by saying my brother is not only a military man but he's your basic hetero never let them see you cry cliche of a mil- military man he's not afraid of anything well except for the entire country of japan this is his story mm. My brother joined the Marines when he was 18 and was stationed in Japan. He really enjoyed his time there for a while, the girls specifically. He made friends with some of the Japanese guys his age who worked around the base. On nights where him and his soldier friends had the night off, the local Japanese guys would show them around, bring them to bars, introduce them to girls, etc. One night, after a little drinking and no luck with the girls, one guy invited my brother home to play video games. My brother accepted the invite and they played video games for a few hours. During this time, he tells my brother the main reason he wanted to get home early was because his little sister had been suffering from night terrors, causing her to wake up screaming, crying, and sometimes vomiting. He was worried about her and wanted to be home in case she had an episode. At this point in the story, I should explain how this guy's house was shaped. The house was built in the shape of a horseshoe with a garden in the middle. His bedroom was at the very edge of one side of the U-shape and his sisters all the way at the other end, so they were essentially across the garden from each other. If he looks out his window, he can see into hers and vice versa. Anyway, they decide to call it a night, and the Japanese guy walks over to the window to look across the garden into his sister's window to check on her. He lifts the blind and peers out for a fraction of a second before jumping back, screaming, and looking at my brother like he just saw something horrible. Oh, God. My brother then goes to look, and he stops him. He tells him that he saw a dark cloud with red eyes hovering over his sister's sleeping body. My brother, naturally, does not believe him and decides to look for himself. He creeps quietly over to the window and lifts a blind, but this time he finds himself eye to eye with what he <gasps> describes as a dark black puff of smoke with a face. Oh my god. My brother and this other guy admit that they got under the, the covers <sighs> and stayed there until it was light outside. Oh my god. Too afraid to lift the blankets and see that the smoky figure had come a little closer and was in the room with them, just on the other side of the thin sheets. I don't know what to believe, or if maybe they drank more than what they said they did that night and imagined it all, but I know my brother believes what he saw. He sticks to his story, and when he tells it, he looks like someone who saw something truly sinister. Holy shit. That's creepy. That's crazy. That's just like a horror movie, yeah. too. Yeah. It's like, first, it's like across the yeah. the way, you know, <laughs> behind two walls. Right. <laughs> and then you look again, it's like right there oh. in your face. Oh my gosh, that's scary. My friend and I were going to a party a few hours out of town, so we decided to stay at her friend's holiday house about an hour south of the party, now three hours from home. We arrived around mid-afternoon, and it was winter in a holiday town, so the area was completely empty. No other cars on the street. When we left for the party, I spent a moment deciding whether to pull the gate all the way closed. I had some trouble opening it earlier when we arrived, and if we were getting home late at night, I didn't want to be stuck outside. I decided to shut it for security. The party was great. We got back to the house around 1230, and the gate was open. I immediately felt on edge because not only did I know I locked it, but I knew it couldn't just blow open in the wind. But I didn't want to make a big deal, so I was vague when my friend asked if I'd shut it. We went inside and decided to make a snack. I was wandering through the house when suddenly my friend raced from the kitchen into the hallway and virtually tackled me to the ground. She was convinced she heard someone walking around outside. We tried to calm ourselves down, but we had no cell reception and there was no one else around. Over the next half hour or so, as we sat in the hallway paralyzed with fear, we heard footsteps outside and the back door being jimmied. We decided we had to leave, so we gathered everything up and got ready to make a break for the car. Just as we were at the front door ready to leave, there was a huge bang in the backyard and suddenly what sounded like hundreds of birds started screaming. We legged it to the car, ended up starting it with all our stuff still in our laps. We hadn't bothered to even put it in the back seat. As we reversed out of the driveway, we saw somebody running up the side of the house towards us. What? We sped the entire way home, and once we got back to my place, we didn't sleep at all that night. Oh, God. So that could have just been a creepy person. Oh, Oh, my gosh. I wonder what the screaming birds was all about, though.
0: Well, if there was a loud bang and there happened to be a bunch of birds in, like, a tree
1: or something, they would have, you know, taken off. Yeah. Creepy. I used to live in China back before I moved to the U.S. I was 12 when this happened in China. My friend used to live in those apartments that look like high-rises but are a little bit smaller. Anyways, in order for us to go to his apartment, we had to either take the stairs and walk up 10 stories or take the elevator. One day, I had a sleepover at his place, and we went to get the new Pokemon movie at like 6 in the evening. The store was two blocks away. He always talked about how creepy the apartments he lived at are because very few people lived there. I swear, I've only seen three other people in those apartments, and I was there all the time. Anyway, on the way back, it started to rain pretty heavily. We ran to his apartment and took the elevator. The elevator creaked and moaned on the way up, and suddenly it stopped. The lights in the elevator went out, and it was pitch black and silent. (sighs) Only thing we could hear was the muffled sound of rain and thunder. We, being kids, started to panic, scream, and cry. We were there for about two minutes when we heard a loud thud on top of the elevator. Then we heard light footsteps walking above the elevator. We got quiet and looked up at the vent facing upwards in the elevator. (laughs) The vent had holes in it so you could see out the top of the elevator towards the long tunnel up the building. Our eyes had gotten used to the dark so we could make out a few objects. The footsteps stopped and it was dead quiet again. My friend nudged me and pointed up towards the vent. What I saw was probably the scariest thing I've ever seen, and I am 20. I have never been this scared in my life. I looked up and could make out a face looking down through the vents. Oh, my God. It looked like an ape. What? But like a really human-like ape with human facial features, if that makes sense. It was staring straight down at us. I don't know if it was our imagination distorting a face of a monkey or an actual demon-looking thing, but it literally made me freeze in fear. We started screaming. I will admit, I pissed myself. It still gives me chills thinking about it. It started banging on the elevator roof. It didn't scream or anything, just made noises by banging on the roof. It then took off and we could hear the footsteps running to the side of the elevator roof. Then the power came back on and the elevator started moving again. We never took that elevator ever again. It seriously traumatized us. Holy shit. That's creepy. That person wasn't a very good writer. No. I had to skip over a lot of likes. Oh, (laughs) they were young. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, this is 100% true. I'm 23 now, and this happened about 10 years ago, so I was probably 13 or 14. Anyway, I used to skateboard all the time with my friends Tim and Brandon. One day, we'd gone skating and decided to go to the 7-Eleven to get some food and drinks before we went home. Remember, I was only 13 or 14, so we weren't driving. We had skated to the 7-Eleven and were planning on skating back home. Anyway, we buy our drinks and we left the store. We walked to the parking lot's exit and prepared to cross the highway. It's not a busy highway since it's a small town. While we waited for the traffic light to turn red so that we could cross, I looked behind me at the 7-Eleven gas pumps. I noticed a 40-50 to year old man pumping gas into his white truck. He stared at me, and before I knew it, he dropped the gas pump and jumped into his truck. He slammed on the gas and sped straight at me and my friends. What? My friend Brandon screamed, What the fuck, you fucking dick? As the man peeled out and sped into the parking lot next to Seven-Eleven, I swear to God, he drove through a ditch, which was between 7-Eleven's <laughs> parking lot and the parking lot he was in, and tried to run over us again. This is where it got bad. Three of us started running at full speed across the highway and toward the local library, which is like two to three blocks from 7-Eleven. When we were about a half a block away, I looked back and saw the maniac speeding toward us, full of rage. Brandon and Tim ran up the library doors, and I ran towards the woods. It was Sunday, so I knew the library was closed, and there was a trail in the woods, which led to my backyard meanwhile this maniac peeled into the parking lot and hopped out of his truck i looked behind me before escaping into the woods and saw him grab either a shotgun or a crowbar i was pretty far away at this and i was freaking out so my vision wasn't great from the bed of his truck i ran all the way home when i got to my street my neighbor tim's dad told me to get in his car because we had to go to the video store which is where tim's mom worked when i got there i found tim Brandon, they had run to the video store after realizing that the library was closed, and three cops. A minute later, my mom came in, crying her eyes out because Brandon and Tim told her they didn't know if I lived or not. Everyone had thought that I was captured. Tim told me that he saw the guy running after me into the woods, which is scary because I thought the maniac was chasing them, not me. Anyway, he was never caught, and I spent the next five years worrying about every white truck I saw. What the fuck? What the hell is that? Holy shit. What a psycho.
0: At first, I thought it was going to be like that guy saw them and saw something scary. So he like oh, ran away. Yeah. But then he started to try and run over. Yeah, that that's.
1: Shit? Holy shit. Got to screw loose somewhere. Yeah, that's fucked up. When I was in high school, I had a really good friend who lived next door to a house that was always up for sale. People would move out in the middle of the night without a word, Mm. and it hadn't had the same owner for more than six months straight for a couple of years. One night, we were really bored, and he suggested we go explore the house next door since it had sat empty for a while. We go around back, and there's a dog door that he can crawl, crawl through, and he unlocks the door and lets me in. The house itself is really unremarkable. It looked like it was built in maybe 1950s and was a craftsman-style house in an older, nicer part of town. The kitchen had a really nice built-in breakfast table set against a picture window. The house's electricity was off, but you could see the street light through the window. My friend and I sat down on the floor across from this table and are just hanging out talking. Why? Who knows? All of a sudden, my friend screams, and in that instant, my vision goes black, but it wasn't that I just couldn't see. My body was engulfed in the sickly cold, sickly coldness from head to toe. I think I've read this before, I've or heard, someone's read it yeah, before. Yeah, I've heard this before. I start screaming, and I feel my friend's hand, hand grabbing mine and pulling me in, the same, in some direction forcefully. My vision slowly comes back, and I start to warm up when I realize that we're outside under the streetlight. It was December and should have been much warmer inside of that house. Finally, I look at my friend and he looks scared. I'm really confused and kind of panicked myself, but I finally ask him what happened. He says that I was talking. A black thing, this figure that was all black and only had the vague shape of a girl, crawled out from under the table and sat on top of me. Apparently, I started groping around with my eyes wide open like I couldn't see and he was so freaked out he pulled me out of the house. We're still friends, and we bring it up every now and then, but the story itself never changes. It still sends chills down my spine. To this day, I've never felt such such blackness or coldness in my life. It was palpable, almost sticky. For a couple of days afterward, I couldn't shake this unsettling feeling, and I can never walk past that house again.
0: That's still creepy. It's very creepy. Why did she sit on it? I don't know. It's weird.
1: <laughs> well, I mean...
0: You know, if people are leaving in the middle of the night, there's probably a reason. Uh, yeah, and you we all know what that reason is. Yeah, and you shouldn't go in there
1: ever. Well, so they, they were stupid kids. Yeah, so. exactly. A few years ago, I went to a Christmas party. That night, my housemates went home earlier while I decided to stay and get in the Christmas spirit with a few other friends. I ended up getting pretty hammered and got home around 3 a.m., Instead of going straight to bed, I got another beer inside then went out the back to the back porch to have a smoke and look at the stars. I was outside for a couple minutes when I see the light go on in the kitchen. My housemate comes out and looks at me out the back. I wave and generally look like a drunk idiot. <laughs> I thought he was going to come out and get a deb- debrief on the rest of the evening as there were some good laughs and we had not and we had not relevant to his to this story. I don't know what that means. Anyway, he just gets a glass of water and goes to bed. I finish my smoke and beer. Next morning, we're rehashing the previous night when he mentions getting up and seeing me having a smoke out the back. Who came back from the party with you last night? I gave him a sideways look and replied, no one, dude. I was out there alone. He insists, no, man. There was someone out there with you, behind you on the porch, when you were looking inside, waving. I didn't come out because I thought it was some random friend from the Christmas party I didn't know, and I couldn't be bothered making introductions. To this day, he stands by this version of events. Whoever it was must have been standing close behind me the whole time, but I saw no one and heard nothing. It gives me the willies every time I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. That was so creepy. Don't like it. (laughs) At least he didn't know it while it was happening. Yeah, but, oh my God. That's scary. Yeah. About five years ago, some friends and I went camping in Oconee State Park in South Carolina. That's probably not how you pronounce (laughs) it. We were in high school and went to our school ROTC instructor. Wait. We were in high school and went with our school ROTC instructor. This guy was in his 50s, but still a damn ox. He was a sergeant major while in the Army and was a definition of badass. Badass. On the first night camping, it was really cold, so we decided to sleep around the fire. We woke up all at the same time in the middle of the night to the smell of wet dog and rotten flesh. Ew. We decided it might just be the damp leaves, and we slept through the rest of the night. Well, we wake up the next morning, and there were paw prints all over the place. Huh. I'm not talking just around the outskirts of the site, I mean, there were paw prints four feet away from where I laid my head that night. Oh. We were all pretty creeped out, so we decided to head into town to get some lunch. Because, you know, food always helps. Yeah. (laughs) We stayed in town the rest of the day and headed back to the site around dusk. My friends and I are in the back of the trucks as we drive down the gravel road to the site. Then all of a sudden, Sergeant Major slammed on the brakes and we came to a stop in the middle of the road. We all jumped up and looked over the cab to see what it was. Standing in the middle of the road was a hairless animal, around 50 pounds, standing on its hind legs. (laughs) While still on its hind legs, it walked to the side of the road and let out this god-awful screeching noise. It darted into the woods and left us all frozen in fear. Then we smelled it. It was the same terrible smell from the night before. We got into the cab, and I saw Sergeant Major like I had never seen him. I was absolutely terrified. The animal creature we saw shook him to his core. We drove in silence for the rest of the ride back to the site, When we got there, he told us that we were leaving and to pack everything up. None of us have been back since, and Sergeant Major won't let ROTC camp there anymore. Hmm. We agreed that what we saw looked like a mix between a bobcat and a coyote, but walked like a bear on its back legs. We named it the (laughs) Catayote. Okay. (laughs) A few of my friends who hadn't heard the story decided to go up there one day and said the entire area gave off a really creepy vibe Creepy vibe, and decided to leave. After I told them the story, it sealed the deal that none of us will be going back. What is the deal with these animals walking on their hind legs like I know. freaking humans? I know that's the creepiest it's thing. It's horrible. What do you think it's like skinwalkers? I don't know, but it's it's not right. No. My best friend and I were at her house chilling in the computer room. We heard a huge thump come from her room from her room above us, like a heavy thud. We looked at each other, confused. All of her siblings were downstairs with us. We decided, fuck it, let's check it out. We grabbed some airsoft guns, a bat, and she picked up a bag of bagels. We get upstairs, getting a little (laughs) apprehensive about being upstairs. Her room door was open, which was no big deal until we saw her oak dresser moved about a foot. It takes two people on either side to lift it. She yelped and pointed at something, so I looked, and I swear to God, there was a girl under her bed. Not her sister, just a girl. She threw the bag of bagels at her, and we booked (laughs) our asses downstairs. To this day, we have no fucking idea what the fuck that was. (laughs) Bag of bagels.
0: I mean, I could see me doing that. (laughs) It was just all she had.
1: Well, I hope they were at least, like, stale. (laughs) (laughs) i used to be in the military and the training camp bunk that we lived in was said to be haunted occasionally our stuff would go missing and reappear in weird places like under our bed or inside a bag that we had zips zipped up and stuff no big deal right (laughs) then came the instance that freaked everyone out it was one night after lights out my friend was on his phone texting his girlfriend most of us were drifting off to sleep and were lying on our beds Suddenly, he heard the shuffling of feet from the corridor. So thinking that it was our sergeant, he quickly hid his phone under his pillow, rolled over on his side, and pretended to sleep. To this day, what happens next chills me to the bone. While he pretended to sleep, he heard someone right behind him at the other side of his bed going, Don't worry, you can continue to pretend sleep. I would dismiss this as a figment of his imagination, except about five other people around him heard it as well, including me. Creepier still, there was no one there, and it was the voice of a little girl that said it. For reference, our training camp was in the middle of an island and was set up away from the main admin blocks. The island has been closed by the government for army training purposes for the past 15 years, so there were definitely no civilians around, let alone kids. To make matters freakier, when we came back from our weekend home leave, there was a bunch of female hairs on his bed. Ew. Neatly bun- neatly bundled up long and jet black Ew. under his pillow was a note that read remember me no Now as I said as <laughs> we were in the middle of a forest in the middle of an island at that point in time there were no female recu- recruits or personnel on the island. Our, bon- our bunks were locked up for the weekend and the duty sergeant had no idea that the I- incident happened. We never spoke about it after that night. It still chills me to the bone thinking about it.
0: Weird. that's creepy. Yeah, yeah.
1: bundled hair. Ooh, <laughs> gross. I
0: like she was like, "That's okay, you can pretend to sleep." <laughs> oh
1: my gosh! It's funny. <laughs> it's like you're not fooling anyone, buddy. <laughs> I was at a friend's house around 12 years ago. We were in the basement watching TV when his mom's boyfriend comes down the stairs and tells us to keep it down. We look at each other confused because we were literally just watching TV and it wasn't on high volume at all. We said we weren't being loud and he said, you aren't yelling and we shook our heads. He just sort of does the huh (laughs) look and tells us he and my mom's wait He tells us he and my friend's mom had heard someone screaming Coming from the furnace vents. Ew. So he thought it was coming from the basement where the furnace is. We decided we didn't hear anything, and we were like 15 feet away from the furnace. Sadly, I can't verify the next story because I wasn't there, but my friend from the basement and another friend said they were upstairs in the kitchen one night, hanging out, when they heard a, a scream clear as day, coming out of one of the furnace vents. Ew. It freaked them out naturally, but I never did get to hear it. It was probably just metal creaking, but it was weird that we were so close to it and didn't hear anything that can be interpreted as a scream. Creepy. When I was growing up, my family moved to a cul-de-sac when I was around eight, and my brother was in the ballpark of nine. We immediately befriended two girls who lived next door to us. We were basically our exact same ages, and we hung out with them every day. We would frequently go, to, go down a bike path located behind the circle of houses that occupied our street to ride around on our skateboards. Walk to the nearby shopping center eventually led to, it was very long, and basically just hang out. The bike path went through the woods and went in both directions for a long time. We would often wander into the woods and play in the creek, catch crawfish and frogs and all that huckleberry fin kind of stuff. Well, the first or second week we lived there, my brother, these two girls, and I were playing around in the creek and go way down from our house, and we went exploring into a short sewage pipe. It was barely 20 feet in total, and you could easily see both ends, which drained into a collection of large rocks. After we had sufficiently crawled around in this sketchy rainwater runoff pipe, we started climbing up the rocks to leave. My brother noticed something in the rocks and picked it up to discover that it was a small, wallet-sized, and relatively recent portrait of himself yeah. that had been taken at our school for the yearbook the prior year. Oh! It had signs of aging and water damage and seemed to have been there for a while. I think our initial reaction was to laugh at my brother for looking goofy or something, <laughs> but looking back, I can't believe I didn't see how sinister it seemed. Yeah, We kept going back for a long time, and it was not the last creepy thing to happen on the bike path or in that neighborhood.
0: I thought the two little girls were going to be ghosts.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know what relevancy I had to the story. I don't know. (laughs) I was home last year during a break from university with a friend, and we decided to go see a friend in a different city in his university. It was a small city with rivers, hills, and forests. Okay. (laughs) At night, we decided to go in a nearby forest to smoke and drink by a river, but still being on the main road. So we were standing with our car parked and I was drinking while both of them were making joints and smoking. It was about 11 in in the night (laughs) and dead dark with no lights or people for several kilometers. We had been standing there for about an hour when a 25 to 26-year-old guy came out of the tree line and came to me, talks to me, and says this place is not safe at night. You guys should go from here. My friend, who used to study there, heard me talking to someone and started walking towards me, but stopped right there. His face went white, told me to get in the car, and that we were going. I told the guy thanks and goodbye and turned the car around. For 10 minutes, my friend didn't talk, and when we were out of the forest, he finally broke his silence and told me that this guy who was talking to me was a boy from his university who died on the same road two years back in an accident. We were so scared that we didn't go home that night and spent the rest of the night getting high nearby a river.
0: Holy
1: shit. That is great. Ooh, that's creepy. About a month ago, I went over to my girlfriend's house, except I felt really uneasy when I went into the living room. It turns out they replaced a tiny cabinet with one of her grandmothers who passed away a few months back. What? Oh, did that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, her grandmother was bedridden in the hospital, and I've never met her. I felt uneasy the whole time. Being around her grandmother's furniture made me so anxious and almost sad. When I told her, she said it was probably nothing. She went to the bathroom. When I went over to the cabinet, it was about six feet tall with dark wood. It had two doors on the side, glass up front, and in the back was a mirror. I was looking at the teacups and a small baby dolls when I could swear I saw someone in the mirror behind me. <gasps> just a silhouette. No. I called out to my girlfriend, but as I did, I heard a shrill screech from the bathroom. I started pounding on the door. It opens, and she was sitting on the floor crying. She said she saw someone in the bathroom mirror. Ew! We booked it out of her house, no shoes, no jacket, nothing, and right to my car. I drove for an hour or so with no destination. When I returned her to her house, her mother was sitting on the doorstep. She said she kept seeing shadows move. What the fuck? I got chills like crazy. Holy shit. All of them, like, experienced something? Like, right in a row. Holy shit. This is my last story. There I was, bored in the combat zone, Iraq, drawing a picture. It was of the scenery, a few hills, some dead grass, and a tree stump. On the stump, I decided to draw a creature, humanoid like a pygmy werewolf that was four foot something with claws and teeth. The commander shows up, calls us in for a mission, and I put away my drawing. Weeks later, we are in an abandoned base, staying in some new building. No windows, doors, or anything, just the concrete bones and openings for the installation of these things. Every night, we have to set up watch. It takes the whole platoon to cover the building, minus a few per floor, for runs to to reinforcements. I was one such reinforcement sitting in an empty room in the dark. After a while, I notice that I'm not alone. I look up, and the thing I drew is sitting on the ceiling, staring at me. What? I stared back, gripping my M249, waiting for something to happen when my team leader comes in, asking if I'm okay. As I tell him yes, he walks over to one of the holes where the window would be, looks out, turns back, and asks, Did you see that? Later, near the Iran border... We stayed at another abandoned base. A bunch of classrooms spread between six buildings, all on one floor with walls that don't reach the ceilings. I had just gotten off a guard shift, came back into my room, and my buddy is in there staring at the ceiling. I looked up, and there it was, again. (gasps) What is that, my buddy asks. Just then, our squad leader comes in asking what we're doing. We explain, but it was gone again. I never saw it in country again. In the country again. Fast forward several years. I got injured in Iraq from faulty equipment. Got a medical discharge and got on with my life. One day, I'm in a bookstore and I find this book on demons. I flip through it and there it (gasps) is—the same thing I drew, the same thing I saw twice, at two different locations, preceding a personal injury that plagues me to this day. Oh, creepy! Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Okay, so I have, um, I did more weird stranger
1: stories. Okay.
0: So first one, I was driving home through back roads I had never been on and came across a bookstore in a tiny town in the woods. The bookstore was actually a house where the front of the home had been converted into a store. Wait, this is in the woods? Uh, Apparently. Hmm. There was a box on the porch that said 50 cent books. So I stopped to see if there were any Stephen King books in there. A middle-aged woman comes out with a huge smile and gives me a bowl of fruit and some tea. I'm like, this place is awesome. <laughs> and rifled through the books while eating the fruit and downing the tea. Inside the store home, there was a lot of cool art books and stuff, so I spent some time in there. She brought me more tea. Even when I said, no, thank you, that's plenty, she kept refilling. She gave me dessert, too, brownies and cookies. I didn't re- realize at the time, but she was slipping stuff into my drink. It's hazy to remember the details, but at some point, she closed the shop, telling me to take my time looking at the books. She told me that she was going to go take a shower and was gone for a while. When I was ready to pay, I had to wander back through her house to find her. I found her in her bedroom. She was in bed, I'm pretty sure she was in the buff. At the time, I thought, weird, she's watching an exercise video in bed. But later realized she was watching something with explicit content. You might you might think this is hot, but it isn't. I didn't think it was hot. That was fucking weird. She, she was my mom's age and had been telling me how she reminded me of her how how I reminded her of her kids in college. So not hot. I told her I was ready to pay, and she told me how to open the register. So I went and opened it, put in what I thought I owed, took out the change, and left. When I stumbled outside, a fire engine drove by, screaming with sirens. In the distance was the glow of a big forest fire, and the stars were being covered by smoke. A tall man on a horse watched the fire (laughs) truck pass. (laughs) He looked right at me. I took a piece of wood from some... Or... Took a piece of wood or something out of his mouth,
1: and said, town's burning. (laughs) I think this is just a bad trip. (laughs) Well, listen,
0: I swear to God I have a crystal clear memory of this happened, even though I'm sure I couldn't have. By this point, I guess I was seriously chirping balls on something. (laughs) But not... But not a subs- I'm not a substance guy, so I don't know what I had, but I was out of my mind and could hardly walk. I got back in my car and drove home along twisting roads on tall cliffs above the ocean. Twice I realized I was on the wrong side of the road. One of the times I realized this was because a massive truck was heading straight for me, lying on the horn and flashing its lights. I kept thinking about how my car could be like an airplane and and a submarine as I drove it off the cliff. I can't believe I made it home alive. Later, I realized I was in that house for about four hours looking at books. At least that's what I hope I was doing.
1: Weird. Holy shit, that's
0: fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs>
1: Town's on fire.
0: <laughs> Town's burning. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, my God. Okay, next one. One time I got a flat very late at night, so I pulled into a gas station. I tried putting air in my tire, but the valve broke off as I tried, causing the tire to completely deflate. I was standing outside my car talking to AAA when a large, older black man approached me. He disregarded the fact that I was on the telephone and asked if I needed help. A little weirded out, I smiled politely and thanked him, but told him I had AAA and they would take care of me. He insisted that he would help me and gestures towards, gestured toward a silver car parked in the shadows, telling me he would drive me anywhere. I again thanked him and told him no. He then said he was there to buy a soda and asked if I wanted anything. At this point, I was fed up and a little scared, so I firmly told him he needed to go buy his soda and I was going to go to my car now. He walked off. I locked myself in my car and the dispatcher at AAA, who had been on the phone for the entire conversation, asked if I wanted her to call the police. I told her, no, it's fine. I didn't want to come off as racist. God, I was an idiot. I've since learned the difference between racism and looking out for personal well-being. Well, the woman from AAA said, you might not think you're in any danger, but I'm concerned, so I'm bumping you to the top of the list. We hung up, and I sat in my car, bored. At this point, I noticed my new friend had come out of the store and was standing about 20 feet from my car, staring at me. I thought this was very bizarre, and I started feeling a little nervous. I made sure my doors were safely locked. Over the next 20 minutes or so, I would take side-long glances at his, in his direction to see if he was still there. Eventually, he disappeared, and I heaved a sigh of relief. Then suddenly, I saw him again. He had stepped back inside the store and was crouched behind the window, staring directly at me.
1: Ugh, creepy! This this was
0: too much. Racism or no, I was fucking freaked out. I called 911. 911, what's your emergency? I explained the situation and that I was scared. Okay, I'll dispatch an officer to you immediately. Oh no, that won't be necessary. I don't want to waste anyone's time. Could you please just stay on the phone with me until the tow truck gets here? That way, if he approaches me again, I can show him I'm on the phone with the police. All right, sweetheart, can you tell me exactly where you are? Sure, I'm on the Hess on uh, Colonial and Mercy Drive. The dispatcher paused. Miss, I don't mean to alarm you, but I need to let you know that you are currently stranded on one of the most dangerous intersections in the country. I'm dispatching an officer to you immediately. You need to promise that you won't exit your car for any reason and do not hang up the phone until either a police officer or your tow truck gets there. So I stay on the phone, nervous, but not really thinking anything could, would happen. I would occasionally glance back at the store to see if Mr. Creeper was still there until finally he disappeared. I told the dispatcher, very relieved by this turn of events, when suddenly the man somehow appeared right in front of my car. He was walking right toward me, straight into my headlights. He reached down to adjust his pants when, bam, yeah, that's right, he pulled his junk out. Uh. I burst into tears and started shouting into the phone what was happening. I averted my eyes to the steering wheel, not wanting to look at it. Now, since I'm looking at my steering wheel, I ca- it came as quite a surprise when he appeared at my passenger door and tried to force his way in. Adrenaline is a funny thing. No longer was I a broken victim. I was pissed. I started screaming all sorts of obscenities at him. I told him I was on the phone with the police and they were going to put him in jail. The poor 911 dispatcher must have thought I opened my door to scream at him, so she in turn was screaming at me to shut my door and wait for the cops. (laughs) After maybe three minutes of screaming at him, he seemed to realize I wasn't responding favorably to his attempts at wooing the gentle lady I am. He strolled towards his get, the gas pumps about 10 feet away and stayed there. Several minutes after that, the tow truck pull, pulled in. A gentleman got out of the truck and started heading my way. He noticed I wasn't getting out of my car to greet him, so he pointed at his hat, which proudly stated AAA. He got right up to my car door, and I shook my head violently, refusing to get out. I cracked my door open, and his face changed. He saw I had tears running down my cheeks and mascara running under my eyes. I explained quickly what had happened, nodding toward the man calmly standing at the gas pumps. He had put his dick away at this point. I saw the tow truck driver's face harden. Did that man hit you? He thought the smeared mascara was in fact a set of black eyes. I shook my head, no. Lock your doors and tell the police to get here now. I'm going to make sure he doesn't leave. I watched him walk over to Mr. Creeper and held my breath, expecting fists to be thrown. Instead, I saw what looked like a very cordial conversation. I found out after that he decided to pleasantly ask for directions to keep him where he was. Suddenly, we heard sirens. Mr. Creeper wildly looked in the direction of the sound, then directly at me, then glared at my knight in rusty armor. He realized he had been tricked. The police showed up, he was handcuffed, and I had to write the mother of all witness statements. They searched him, and it turns out he had a pipe on him, and was under the influence of cocaine. That's my story. It wasn't pleasant, but I'm glad it happened to me and was able to get him detained. I shudder to think what would have happened to some other poor girl if he had gone free that night. Fucker. Seriously. Next one, when I was about 12, I had a lot of issues with night terrors and rarely slept a whole night through. One night, I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. I sat down half asleep thinking of nothing but emptying my bladder and going back to bed when I see movement out of the corner of my eye. There was a man standing by the other door to the bathroom staring at me not moving. He was wearing a tattered gray jumpsuit and had a crutch, little to no hair. I don't remember how I got down into the basement where my parents slept, but I was suddenly there and hysterical. My dad finally went up to the and looked in the bathroom and kitchen. He saw nothing, but allowed me to sleep on the couch down there anyway. I didn't fall back asleep. About an hour or so later, I heard the sliding door to the bathroom from my sister's room and limping footsteps. The next morning, my dad searched around and noticed that the fridge and pantry had been raided. We never caught the guy. Ooh, creepy. Ooh. Didn't like it. Next one, my sister had been taking sleeping pills because she was stressed out about the uh, HSC, which is the Australian version of the SATs, and wasn't getting much sleep. The problem was they were giving her weird night terrors. I don't know why this didn't make her stop taking them, but whatever. One night she thought she heard breathing under her bed, so looked and saw a large bearded man in dirty clothes there. She screamed and ran into her parents' room, but they dismissed it as just being the pills. She was semi-convinced, so she went back to the bed and forced herself not to check under the bed again. The next morning... I know, right? The next morning, they wake up and the entire bottom floor of the house was messed up with a bunch of stuff stolen. Holy shit! No. Okay, next one. I used to live next to an eye hospital. One day walking home, I was stopped by an old man who clearly had trouble seeing. He asked me to help him across the road to the hospital. I agreed, and he grabbed a hold of my hand very tightly. At this point, I noticed his fingers were stained brown from tobacco, covered in scabs, and his fingernails were very long and dirty. I started to think that my good deed for the day was a bit regrettable. When we got to the other side of the road, he still had my hand grasped so tightly I couldn't politely pull away. Do you want to see my eye, he said. One of his eyes was squeezed shut. With his free hand, he pulled the lids apart, and I realized to my horror that he had no eyeball, just an empty socket. I started babbling, still trying to be polite, about how it was very interesting, but I had to go. (laughs) Then he uttered the immortal words, Do you want to put your finger in there? He was pulling really hard on my hand, trying to force my fingers into his empty eye socket. At this point, I gave up on politeness, shrugged my hand, struggled my hand free, and just ran for it. I could hear him laughing as I ran off. Oh, my God. You want to put your finger in there? <laughs> so gross. No. No. <laughs> Oh my god! You shouldn't ever say that to another person ever. No, about anything. No. Do <laughs> you want to put your finger in there? <laughs> okay, next one. I was sixteen and walking home from work late one night when a guy pulled up beside me and started asking, "Do you live around here? And where no are, your are your fucking parents? business? And where are your parents? What the fuck ever?" His questions got more personal. He asked me what school I went to, where I worked, etc. Then out of nowhere, he said, You're a really brave girl for being out alone this late. You you know I'd really like to fuck you. Ugh. I was scared and didn't know what to do. Then he said, I'll be right back and drove off. <laughs> okay, I'll just wait here. <laughs> Jesus. Once he left, I started bolting the rest of the way home, thinking he'd come back for me if I didn't make it home quickly enough. He swerved back a few minutes later and saw me running, Pulled up closer to me and began screaming for me to get into his car. I just kept running as he as he trailed me, and I ended up hurrying into a 24-hour store to call my dad for a lift. Later on, I felt stupid for disclosing so much personal information to a stranger, and I now realize he was only trying to gauge my vulnerability. Vulnerability. I was terrified he'd track me down for a bit, but I never saw him again, I think. Hmm. Asshole. Uh, Next one, I didn't realize it until years later that I was almost snatched. I grew up in a small town. I was out playing in my yard with two younger siblings like every other summer day. A guy pulled up alongside the yard in a truck and called me over. He asked me my name and if I was having a good summer. He said he could really use use my help since he was out looking for his lost puppy. Mm. I could show you a photo of the puppy if you come closer, he said. No closer, the picture is small. Can you please help me? I yelled to my brother on the other side of the yard, Dan, come help us find a puppy. I have to assume he thought I yelled dad because he noped out of there without another word. I remember being really worried about that puppy until we had an assembly at our primary school about things strangers might say to lure you in their vehicles. Mm -hmm. That's so cliche. Next one. This happened to a friend of mine. It was a Sunday. She came home to her apartment from running errands around 1 p.m. She was in med school at the time, so she pretty much parked herself at the kitchen table and studied for the next five to six hours. She was sitting there when she looks up to see a dude casually stroll out of her bedroom. What? There were no other entrances, and she had been sitting by the front door, so he was there the entire time she had been home. He paused at the doorway to her kitchen between her and the door. She basically froze. Then, her phone rang and kind of startled them both. She ran to get the phone, and he ran out the door. She moved and got an enormous dog. (laughs) He was in her apartment the whole time. This is one of my my biggest fears. Oh, my gosh. What was he doing? Like, taking a nap? I don't know. Holy shit. Ugh. Creepy. Next one. When I was a child, I was always stricken by this irrational fear that I that when I went outside at night, I had to walk straight into the house without looking back because if I looked back, someone would be following me. One day after dinner, I went out to the car to get my book bag and was continuing my ritual of walking straight inside without looking back, adrenaline pumping, anxiety going full force, and I just stopped and said to myself, this is stupid, and I made myself look back. When I looked back, I saw what appeared to be someone crouched behind my mom's car, and peeking their head around. Oh, my
1: God. They
0: were just staring at me and smiling. It appeared to be a woman in her mid-30s, maybe 40, with curly, short, blonde hair. We made eye contact for a second, and then she ducked back behind the car where I couldn't see her. I stood frozen for a second and then ran inside. I told my mom we went outside to check, but there was no one there. My mom didn't exactly not believe me, but she wasn't very concerned either. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, was there someone really there? I think they were probably, that's so fucking weird, though. Yeah. They were probably freaking themselves out, (laughs) but, oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's hilarious. My mom didn't exactly not believe me. But she wasn't concerned. (laughs) Hmm, Okay. Next one. I love to ride my bike along country roads. Not far from where I live is a tiny town called Three Oaks, Michigan. One Saturday, my wife was working and I had nothing to do. So I strapped my bike to my car and drove the hour to Three Oaks. I parked in a scenic downtown area and then rode out of the town and into a surrounding countryside. As I wound my way farther into the remote countryside, houses, businesses, and cars grew increasingly increasingly scarce. Eventually, there was only an occasional house or every, or every other half mile or so and cornfields and small woods flanking the dirt and gravel roads that I pedaled down. It's on one of those back roads where a minivan drove past me. Within moments of passing, it turned around and pulled up alongside me. I looked over and the passenger, a woman in her mid to late 20s, was looking at me with her window down. The driver, a man of seemingly the same age, leaned over the at passen- the passenger side and said to me in a slight southern drawl and with a big smile on his face, hey, do you know David Crist? I thought for a brief second, but I don't know any David Crist, so I said so. The driver said, you don't know of him at all? I said that I didn't, and apologized, and then pedalled off. The van sat, sat for a moment longer and then pulled a U-turn and drove off in the direction it was originally headed. I thought nothing of the encounter. Maybe the driver was a friend of David Christ, and he thought he, he thought we had met through David or something, I don't know. At the time, I didn't think I had any reason to worry. I continued my ride turning down this road and heading north, and then turning down that road and heading east. I didn't have any agenda. I was just out to enjoy the summer day and meander through the relaxing countryside. Maybe 10 minutes later and on an entirely new road and heading an entirely different direction from the one I had first met the van, I saw the van again. We were heading toward each other and I gave a smile and nod as I passed the driver. I remember thinking it was an odd coincidence that I should come across this van again. The driver stared as he passed and had a big smile on his face. At this point, I began wondering what they were doing. They might be lost in looking for this David Christ guy, or maybe they were just enjoying a scenic drive and thought I looked like a friend of a friend or something. I didn't know, but at that point, I was starting to think about the situation a little more critically. I continued taking a twisting, turning, meandering path, taking this road and then turning onto that, heading north, south, east, or west, then I came across the van again again we were we, they were heading in my direction, and I pulled alongside them. The driver rolled down his window and leaned out. He was a late twenties white man with a few inches of a goatee and a baseball cap. He had a large smile plastered across his face. I stopped my bike and looked at him, waiting for him to say something, and he just looked at me for a good thirty seconds. Now, 30 seconds doesn't sound like a long time, but that you go... It like a
1: long time. It is
0: a long time. But you go flag down a stranger and then just look at them for 30 seconds, and you'll realize that in that kind of situation, 30 seconds is a lifetime. Finally, he spoke and said, Hey, do you know David Christ?" Same damn question. This time, there was no smile on his face. He stared at me, and I was thinking to myself, Is he joking? Does he really not remember he just asked me the same question 20 minutes ago? Is he being funny? Is he high? After a moment, I told him that I still didn't know anyone by the name of David Crist, and I pedaled off down the road. It's at that time that I realized exactly in how remote of an area I was. I peered down the road I was on and didn't see a house on its entire length. I was flanked by a cornfield on one side and a forest on the other. I looked over my shoulder and saw the van slowly driving down the road away from me. It couldn't be a coincidence that I came across this van three times now. Not with me taking random roads heading different directions. It made no sense why anyone would be driving... Anyone driving would take that, ma- that same maze of roads. The only thing they could have been doing was just driving around, maybe a pleasure drive. But why would they stop and ask me the same question twice? It was quite strange, and I was beginning to become a little concerned. I decided to head back toward the the town center. I puddled hard, and the gravel road ahead of me continued with a bend to the right and a dirt path, for it couldn't really be called a road to the left. So the dirt path couldn't actually be called a road, but it was to the left. As I neared the fork, who should come around the bend but the damn van? I gripped my pocket knife, which I always take with me on rides like this, just in case, and then realized all they would have to do is run me down with the van and I would be in serious trouble. As the van drew closer, I was ready to jump off and run into the cornfields. The van slowed down as it approached me and the driver rolled down his window and leaned out again, but this time I didn't stop riding. I increased my speed, even though I knew I could never outrun the van if they gave chase. I looked over my shoulder and saw the van sitting in the middle of the road. I took the right fork and continued on the gravel road until I could no longer see the van behind the corn rows, and then I stopped. I got off my bike and crept along the cornfield until I was at its edge, and I peeked down the road I had just been on. The van was in the distance driving away from me. I ran back to my bike, and then as soon as the van was entirely out of my sight, I turned around and took the left fork along the dirt path. I rode as fast as I could, knowing that if the people in the van had nefarious things in mind, and if they caught me on this dirt path flanked by cornfields and far from an area that anyone would come across, that would be the time they moved in on me. My ruse worked, or perhaps the van was never after me at all. I had made it the rest of the way to the town center without seeing them again. When I got home later that day, I was still replaying the events in my head, and the name David Christ kept creeping through my mind. Was David Christ someone famous? I wondered, like a musician, should I have known David Christ? I decided to Google the name. I tried a couple of different spellings for Christ, but it seemed the C-R-I-S-T spelling that revealed a terrifying result. I came across a news article from Knoxville, Tennessee. The article explained a man named David Christ had turned himself in after going after another man at a gas station in 2013. The article included a photo of this criminal, David Christ, and I believe it was the same man that was driving the van. Add a baseball cap and a few inches of a goatee, and the man in the van was a dead ringer for David Christ in the article. I did an inmate search of Knox County, and there was no David Crist in the inmate population. Somehow David Crist had gotten out, or maybe he was never convicted, as I couldn't find any articles about sentencing in less than two years after attacking a guy for some reason he had made his way to Michigan. Why was he driving along these back roads? Who was the woman in the passenger seat, and why did he keep asking me if I knew of him? Do I know David Christ? Yes, I do now. That's that weird. World? I know. That is weird. See, that's why I don't go out by myself no. ever. No. Creepy people. Okay, next one. I was walking home from the beach one day around noon, and a guy driving down the street in a Ford Escape slows down and in, sil- in slightly broken English asked me how much. I tell him to get away from me, and he tells me $200 for an hour. At this point, I'm walking faster, and his car is keeping pace with me. He crosses two two lanes and parks in a driveway in front of me and opens his door, and a passenger door opens as well. Another guy steps out and walks towards me. I start screaming my head off and cussing them out, trying to draw attention on this busy street while fishing my knife out of my bag. I walked into the street and after and around the car <laughs> called my boyfriend and tell them it's the cops. I give my boyfriend their license plate number and almost ran into the house, into his house because it was about a block away. They followed me for another minute and then drove past me really fast while calling me names. I was 16 at the time and I really wish I had called the cops because as an adult, I'm 100% sure I was about to be taken. can't do anything i know people suck next one when i was younger my dad was out of town and my mom left me no and my mom let me have a few friends over we lived right by a pretty busy highway and over three years we had quite a few people knock on our door for help car broke down lost accident etc While my mom was at home with us, a man knocked saying he wanted to borrow the phone. My mother told him he could sit on the porch and use her cell phone. The man kept asking to come inside and asking if my dad was home. He eventually started to force his way inside. My mom slammed and locked the door, called 911, and put me and my friends in in a closet. It took the police department 20 minutes to reach us. By that time, my mom had called our neighbor, and he came over and made the guy lie on the ground until the police arrived. What the fuck? People suck. can't even be at your own damn house. I know. Next one. Back in the 70s, my grandfather dropped my grandmother, mom, and her two sisters off to do some shopping on his way to work. Since he wasn't able to pick them up, they hitchhiked home. My mom at the time was only around 10 or 11. Middle sister would have been about 7 or 8, and the youngest was about a year old. They get picked up by a guy in a pickup truck who has them all sit in the back row with one of them holding the baby. My grandmother was giving directions to their home from the highway, but the guy ignored her and went by their exit, claiming he had to make a stop first. He didn't really say much else to them during the drive, but my mom remembers my grandmother being very quiet and very nervous. Eventually, they come up to a farm when the driver tells them to wait in the car and goes inside the house. While he's gone, they all sit there terrified. They're in the middle of nowhere and know they couldn't make it out on foot. A few minutes later, the driver comes out with a second guy who looks into the truck and sees my mom's youngest sister. He starts flipping out, screaming at the driver that he shouldn't have brought a baby back and they aren't going to do anything with her and some other things I can't remember. He ends up telling them, telling him to get, get them away from the farm. The driver gets back into the truck, apologizes, and then gets back on the highway and drives again in silence. My grandmother, normally a very smart woman, had him drive directly to their house, although I suspect her reasoning was she'd already given him the address before anything seemed off. They lived at that house for several years and luckily never saw either of them a second time. What the fuck?
1: Why would you get in the car with... Strange. Well,
0: it was the 70s, and people hitchhiked a lot back then. I mean, it, I'm not saying it wasn't stupid, but it was a thing, you know. Then someone realized, hey, like, people murder other people. So then people stopped. Especially in the 70s. Yeah. Okay, next one. Several years ago, I lived in a semi underground basement apartment. Basically, the house was just enough underground that the windows were just a couple of inches off the ground on the outside. One night, I'm washing dishes in the kitchen, which had a window to my left, which was open. <coughs> I'm almost finished when a voice whispers, Looking good there with the dishes. Ah. There was someone crouched down by the window on the outside who had been watching me for who knows how long. Oh my god.
1: Okay. Can't even do your fucking dishes.
0: In peace. Unfortunately for Creep Boy, I was washing the knives, and as I turned, he evidently got scared by the gigantic one I was brandishing in his general direction, and he ran off. I hated that apartment.
1: Okay, those were mine. Okay, it's time for the Woody Rappa. Yay, Woody Rappa. He did funny tweets. Day one of being married, apparently I can't just ghost him if he gets me mad. I have to communicate my feelings. What the fuck?
0: Seriously. Ew. They're like always there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I asked my mom why she never let me eat raw cookie dough when I was a kid, and she was like, I wasn't an affectionate parent, so I was worried if you died from salmonella, people would think I killed you on purpose. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Damn. Don't call me honey. Expect it to soften the fact that you shrunk the kids.
0: Oh, my God. Wow, that's stupid.
1: Yes, it is. (laughs) The night before a move is basically throwing things in the trash that you thought you'd cherish forever with a kind of casual coldness that you did not know you possessed. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) The fact that we call space space is so basic. It probably has a real name. You never know. It's probably George. Might be
0: George. I think everyone's name is George to you, though. It
1: is. <laughs> My gargoyle's name is George. That's Fred.
0: Oh. George is over
1: there. Okay. The ghost that used to tap Peyton was George. No, that was the little, little man that lived in the walls. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was George. Yes.
1: I like the name George. I don't know why.
0: (laughs) George and Fred. That's funny.
1: (laughs) My best friend's ex existing during her B-day week. It probably oh. Doesn't seem legal to me, honestly. Google Docs. Last edit was five days ago. Me. How dare you? I'm doing my best. Dare you tell me how long it's been <laughs> since I've worked? <laughs> Life hack. When telling a lover you want to break up, introduce it with the word methinks so they're happy to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder
0: if that would work. I don't know. Like if you um, like started talking like Shakespeare one day, <laughs> it'd be like, me th- thinkest, that's fine. I'll me th- think we need to take it. <laughs> A breaketh. A breaketh. <laughs> Madam. <laughs> they'd be like, okay, see ya. <laughs> okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> or they'd be like, good day, madame. <laughs> yes, sir, uh, I agree. <laughs> 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 That's
1: met, my, a- met my boyfriend the traditional way, being a whore.
0: Oh my god that reminds me i saw this tiktok or well it was like a youtube video today there's this guy he was holding like the end part of the bread you know the the end part yeah and he was cracking up he's like i just saw a post asking people what they called this online he's like someone someone commented they call it the butt someone called it the heel and someone called it the hoe because everybody touches it, but nobody wants it. <laughs> That's the hoe of the bread.
1: That's great. I'm going to call it that from now. I know. We're <laughs> like, hey, Peyton, you want this piece of hoe? <laughs> you know, it's the one we all touch when we don't really want. <laughs> Hobred
0: <laughs> Oh my God.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's great. I hate when people email back too quickly. I just ticked that off my to do list. Now I gotta add this to the list again. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I can see that (laughs) happening. My favorite part of watching a nightclub scene in a movie is knowing that it was probably completely silent so they could pick up the main character's dialogue and everyone's just dancing to nothing. That is hilarious. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. How do
0: they all stay in sync if there's no real music? I don't know. Maybe it's very silent. Have you ever seen there's videos that they have edited where it's like um you know like actual music videos from like um one one in particular that they did was um it was David Bowie and Mick Jagger, and they sang dancing in the street mm-hmm. and they dubbed over it to where there's no music. It's just like their feet sounds and they're like singing oh it's hilarious. <laughs> But it is very awkward,
1: too. Yeah, that's what I would think. Yeah, it's weird. When will we, as a society, admit the globally accepted ravioli serving size is a joke? (laughs) That's true. Have you ever gotten ravioli at a restaurant? Mm -mm -mm. There's like four or five little pieces of ravioli. Well, that's some bullshit. It is. I love baby music because every song has the same message. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's true. It is. Like Fresh
0: little baby. <laughs> That's
1: true. <laughs>
0: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they wouldn't know the difference.
1: They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, our world. <laughs> I am not trying to seduce you. I just have almond-shaped eyes and low energy. <laughs> That's so sad. We have to
0: explain
1: That's why. Oh my why. god. I oh my know. God. My toxic trait is that I say no worries even when yes, worries. <laughs> I relate to CBD because I am I too am expensive and don't do anything. <laughs> Watch Titanic backwards, and it's the feel-good story of a ship that rescues a bunch of drowning swimmers and takes them on a dream cruise. (laughs) That's so great! (laughs) There should be a post-pandemic full-service doctor when you just lie down for a three-hour appointment and five people swarm around and fix you like a race car. Holy shit, that'd be awesome. That That reminds reminds me of getting everything done all at once. That reminds me of The Wizard of Oz. (laughs)
0: When they're all in the beauty parlor and everything's
1: being done for, yeah. (laughs) I hate when an actor be crying and it's snot. Girl, you acting a little too hard. Let's dial it back. (laughs) A little too excited. We don't want to see snot. (laughs) Nothing revs me up quicker than a friend texting, Can I be a bitch for a second? (laughs) I don't ever ask. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. One day you're a child, and then one day the lyrics to Landslide make sense and you cr- you're crying in the car wash. Oh my god! <laughs> Being an adult sucks! It does suck. <laughs> my ex would always reply to random girls' Instagram stories, and when I called him out on it, he was like, Well, if it makes you feel better, they usually don't even respond. Like, Oh yeah, it definitely makes me feel better to learn my boyfriend is not only shady, he's also undesirable. <laughs> There's a good one there. That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine taking a cab to the hospital in a crisis because you can't afford an ambulance and it's the cash cab. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That would suck. Oh, my God. I recently. Oh, this is my last one. I recently changed my Tinder preferences from men to women, and Tinder started showing me hotter men. Like when you try to cancel your membership and they offer you one month free. (laughs) What the fuck? That's all I
0: got. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Send in your stories. We still need them anytime. GhoulsNightOutPodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, like our Facebook page, request to join the group. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen, and we'll talk to you next week. Later. Bye.